Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Good morning, all. Uh, Tim, however, is not here. He's out on the road on assignment. But I always love talking to uh, our favorite regular guest. I'm not going to announce who he is yet for the moment. Um, But we have an exciting show that's got a lot of information, and it's just supporting all of the good financial news that we've got out in the market as of today. So we're going to take a a quick uh, commercial break. And we'll be right back on the other side. Hi, this is Lou Weiss. Some of you know me as Lou Weiss with the yellow jacket. But today I'm president of All Metals and Forge Group. We are proud and pleased to be the sponsors for Manufacturing Talk Radio and for WAM, Women and Manufacturing, since 2013. AMFG is an open-dive forge facility and a producer of seamless rolled rings. Since 1972. Most of the metal families are available in our inventory for production to help keep down delivery times due to mill deliveries of raw stock. We also specialize in machined, large, and complex forged parts. So give us a look at steelforge.com, our website, or give us a call at 973-276-5000. Send us your inquiries, your drawings, and specifications. Our quoting turnaround time is usually less than 24 hours to help you get your job from your client. Give us a try. We're almost doing this 50 years of partnering with our clients. We'd like to partner with you as well. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Okay, so we're back, and uh, I could have sworn that that person sounded like Lou Weiss. Uh, Maybe it is. Uh, We have a guest on who's our regular, and that is Tim Fiore, who is the uh, committee chair for the Institute of Supply Management, and the report on business that comes out every month that every broadcasting news station just waits for 10 o'clock this morning for the new numbers to come out and uh, Tim, the numbers are great. The PMI today came out at 58.1, which is really a uh, terrific number. Uh, last month it was 60.2, and uh, so it has dropped a little bit, but certainly at the 58 level, um, it uh, is really a very strong number. Uh, and actually over 60, as I've learned over the years with uh, Institute of Supply Management, that numbers over 60 are hard to sustain them for any long length of uh, time. Yeah, so thanks for being with us uh, again. Uh, I did go into a little bit, I don't know if you heard us or not, I did go into a little bit about the number at 58.1, and I um, uh, was really hoping that you'd make it back in so that you can explain the numbers. Uh, Tim is not with us today. He's uh, on the road uh, on a, uh, a project for us. So, uh, Tim, it's your floor. All right, great. So, uh, yeah, 58.1, another great month. I mean, if you remove the 60s, those you know big flashing light 60s that we had the last uh, 
several months back, and you look at 58.1 on its own, it's a stand-up kind of number, uh, something yeah. that manufacturers should be proud of. So, you know, you know, I look at this thing from a demand, consumption, and input standpoint. I try to analyze it based on that. And we'll start with the demand side. I mean, we're off 2.1 points, but at 60.2 in another stellar month, that's our 15th month of over 60 expansion. So really good. We had a slight softening on the backlog side for the second straight month. I'm a little concerned about that, but it came in at 54.7. I'm not going to get too excited yet because the customer inventory numbers still remained under 40 at 37. So overall, I think demand is in pretty good shape. And, you know, the, the fall off and uh, points there could easily be attributed really to uh, the seasonality issue and the fact that uh, July is an odd month. We had July 4th in the middle of the week this uh, month, so a lot of people did back-to-back vacations. And it, it easily is a month where less activity could occur, even though, our seasonal adjustment factor tends to plus it up a little bit. So, Jim, let's jump to the input side, and that's supplier deliveries and inventory. And the net of both of those is that we lost 3.6 points. Now, like I said last month, uh, you know, I think we've gotten to a better normality here because the supplier delivery number dropped down to a number that still reflects them struggling, but it's in the low 60 area rather than the high 60 area, and I'd rather see it in that range than the high 60s. And conversely, sure. the raw material inventory number came up a little bit, which I think is most important. Important. We want that inventory number to grow to a 55, 56 level so production can expand. So I think that was a good adjustment, a net negative 3.6, but overall a good adjustment. And I think, uh, I think the high supplier delivery number, low inventory number for the end of June probably had an impact on the consumption side which is production and employment. So let's talk about employment first. It's been fairly flat at uh, 56 plus or minus for about three months now. And, you know, again, there wasn't a lot of people that came into the workforce. It's not a time of year where a lot of people change jobs. So, okay, we're still expanding, fine, uh, no issue there. Bigger issue is really around the production side. It was, it was down 3.8. So the, the net of the two was a minus 3.3. And I, I think... But it's the first softening that we've had since April. Uh, you know, I think a lot of that was driven by the fact that we didn't produce as much in July versus June, and that's essentially what the question is. I think there's a, several reasons for that. The first one, I believe, is that we didn't have as many people working uh, on the shop floor because of the July 4th holiday and the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday connection. And I, you know, I think that we struggled with getting material in in June both because suppliers struggled uh, around the aluminum steel issues three months back, and then we had a quarter close in June, so we tend to draw down anyway. So I, you know, I think that explains really what happened on the uh, consumption side. But again, overall, 58.1, um, you know, good good number going into August. Uh, Tim, the <clears throat> excuse me, the you know because we're so close to the steel markets, and it's the closest. The closest and dearest topic to my heart. Uh, I we do a lot of analysis on on steel products and what's going on, and uh, you know the fact that the steel pricing in this country has gone up by a huge percentage. Uh, one or two articles I've seen that since January steel has gone up 40% in this country. 
Um, and uh, actually, this past week, there was a lot of news about U.S. U.S. Steel and Nucor, and we actually gave them a call this morning to get a comment from them about the fact that they are raising steel prices. And uh, they said, we are not, and we had no plans to. Meanwhile, all the articles that we see show that there's some significant increases in uh, the the prices, which, by the way, at the same time has caused a bit of a, uh, a shortage in steel. So we have less steel coming in from overseas, and we have less steel being produced because people are afraid to buy, and they don't know what the price is going to be going for. Uh, the U.S. prices have gone up, so they know they're going to be paying more, and in this case, they're going to be paying more than what they're paying for imported steel. So it's a very convoluted situation. Uh, do you have any uh, uh, perspective on, on from your side? Yeah, but because I yeah I think they're I, I think what they said was no we're not going to raise steel prices because they're at the price that everybody raised it to back in March and April. You, you remember when the tariffs were first announced, and essentially okay. the U.S. government said we are going to declare the increase in steel prices. We're going to put 25% tariff on the market price, right. and that drove everybody up to $900 a short ton, and that's where right. we're at. So, and I think, and you know, we talked about this in March and April. That right. because of that, probably buyers froze, lead times got pushed out because speculators jumped in to buy up existing inventory, and sure. here now July, we're now in an environment where we've gotten used to it. Uh, when you're paying $900 a short ton and you've been paying it for two or three months, that's the market price now. So we right. kind of moved Correct. on beyond that, and I think the lead times that got pushed out when all that happened, we're now ordering within lead times. You know whether they're 10 weeks or 11 weeks, it's the the whole supply chain has adjusted. So I don't think that uh, I think that those issues, steel and aluminum, now are really non-issues, except that uh, we're still. I think the industry is still trying to ba- make sure that the ultimate consumer picks up the cost difference that the manufacturer has absorbed. And if you asked me last month, and I, I was asked several times, do you know what, based on the panel comments? How many uh, people believe it's going to get passed through to the customer or they're going to have to eat it in margin? And last month, I would have said 8 of 10 uh, believe they'll pass right. it through. This month, right. I'd say 7 of 10. Really? Uh, so not a big difference, but there seemed to be a little bit more concern around the ability to. And I, sure. you know, I think last month I mentioned a lot of companies planned on putting the price increases in effective July 1st. So we've had a, you know, the, the prices went up in March, April. July 1st, the, our client companies have raised their prices to reflect it, and now it's kind of a wait and see to see if uh, everybody kind of takes it. And I think you see that in the prices index number. It's come down. It's still 70-something, so it's mm-hmm. down from a, a pretty high high, but uh, 73 was 77. So I think steel and aluminum is no longer an issue. I think that uh, that's all kind of anything that's any goodness, meaning waivers for our normal trading partners, or the lifting of tariffs will all be good. There's, I don't think there's any more bad that's going to come from that. Well, uh, there are two things that I'd like to comment on that. One, uh, there's another tariff that is due to go into uh, effect in August, and there is going to be public hearings on it in Washington about the fact that um, the administration wants to raise the steel prices again another 10 percent 
that has, uh, they're not talking a lot about it. I've seen it. I've talked to people about it. There is a possibility that's going to go up another 10% in, in August. And also, U.S. Steel and Nucor have also filed upwards of 39 appeals on some of the waivers that were put in place. So they want to get rid of the waivers. So there's a lot of things going on, and I don't know if it's all in, in the main press. Uh, we seem to find things that uh, are hard to verify and support. But uh, nonetheless, uh, there, there is another tariff coming, and that is if uh, uh, the committees will uh, approve it and agree to it. Uh, so you, you may see another run at this tariff issue again in August and September. Yeah, so so let's talk talk about the tariff-related activity. It, it came through loud and clear in the report. Forty-nine percent of my comments, my general comments, were tariff-related, and that's right. a serious number. I mean, when I started keeping track of this stuff back in March, it was 32 percent, and right. uh, in June, when the waivers were rejected, it jumped to 38 percent. We're now at 49 percent. But the discussion isn't so much around tariffs on inbound steel and and the price rise and U.S. So it's more around how is the counter tariffs going to impact my revenue plan, and then how will I adjust my manufacturing base to avoid these tariffs? And this is, I mean, this is the the bad thing about tariffs, right? If what you say is true and we've got another round of increases coming, then that's just more momentum for people who fabricate components to move those fabrication shops to Mexico or China or Asia. Because Absolutely. the price of steel will be less expensive there. You know, right now the the price per ton of steel in Europe, anywhere in the world right now, the price per ton for steel is a lot less expensive than the US. Mm -hmm. And you get the advantage of uh being closer probably to your sales source for that portion of your good and you probably get an advantage on a cheaper cost per hour labor. So I mean the only thing that's probably stopping industry from doing it right now is the hope that this thing will settle out soon. Soon meaning in the next couple of months, soon meaning before Q3 earnings have to be reported with continued headwinds, including counter tariffs. And you know, right now you you hear the the information coming out. It's like it just keeps ratcheting up. So if, mm -hmm. if I was making an investment, if I had money to spend, which a lot of companies do, and I've got to decide where I'm going to expand my capacity or invest my R&D dollars to develop new products. I mean, and the, the tone coming out of Washington, ratcheting things up, not resolving things, yeah. I, you know, this wouldn't be the first place I would build anything. No, that's, uh, that's very true. Uh, what, what's your feeling about uh, the likelihood of the tariff being, all these tariffs going away by the end of the year? Do you think well, I'm that, hopeful. Do you think that? Some, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful. I think the, I think the best indication that something like that would happen is when it comes out of the news. You know, when it comes out of the news and reasonable people sit down and talk this stuff through. Like I said before, I mean, 20 years of a, running 20 years in the same tariff environment was not healthy for the United States. The, there was no doubt that adjustments needed to occur because tariffs and, and counter tariffs were put in place to allow developing nations to develop a strategic capability to provide manufacturing base and jobs for their populations. Once that mm -hmm. uh, accomplishment was achieved, those tariffs should have been reduced. And unfortunately, the way things work, uh, they were not readdressed. And, but now, 
addressing them out in public like this. Now it's a nation fight against a nation fight, and and those things never work out. So, but you know, I, I, let me let me point something out here. So we've been looking closely at the export number in the mm-hmm. PMI, and you know, I took a look at it. You look at the export number by itself, 55.3, 56.3 the prior month. No big deal. Well, look into the detail, and you know we're we're industry weighted. So. Our six top six industries are 70% of the manufacturing economy. One of those top six, the number three industry sector, 14% of manufacturing GDP is transportation. And it actually contracted from an export standpoint for the month of July. Now, it's also the number two user of steel and aluminum in the country. Now, did it contract because of currency? Did it contract because of uh, fears about counter tariffs? I mean, motorcycles are probably in that category, right? Uh, you know, what else is going on there? That we're, it remains to be seen. And then the other thing that concerns me is that, if you notice in our report, chemical products is the least expanding industry sector, and that's our number two industry sector in exports. And if you look at the detail, it's marginal, meaning that it's in the, it's in the slow, low 50 range from an expansion mm-hmm. standpoint. It could have easily have been contracting. And these are not good things for the U.S. We're, what, 18, 15 to 18% of manufacturing is export? So when you see this kind of stuff happen, it's like, all right, what, what's really going on here? What's August going to bring us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a real uh, pig in a poke in trying to figure out what's going to be coming in 30, 60, 90 days. Uh, typically speaking, uh, at least from my side of uh, the, the metals business, uh, June, July, August, we always saw as a uh, major dip. 15% of the people are on uh, on vacation, companies closed down for maintenance and so on. And usually by June 15th, uh, I'm sorry, September 15th is when it turns again. And the, the cycle goes the middle of September, uh, October, November until the last week of uh, November Thanksgiving, right. and then it goes into that same doldrum for the month of December, and right. it comes back in January 15th. And I've been watching right. these numbers for you know 30, 40 years, and that seems to be the play, except for one thing. This month, the month of July, in our metals company, we had a record month, which we don't ever have in July. So, yeah, well, you're not following the standard profile anymore. That's right. That's right. right. And I yeah, usually right. follow the your numbers. Yeah, and yeah, no, we're not. Well, our number's high, 58.2. I mean, let's go back. Let's right. see, what was it last July? I don't know if I have that number, but I think I have uh, the, uh, I've got the number in August. I mean, it's, it was 50-something-something, something, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah let's see. Okay, so 59.3 August of last year. That was a good number, too. I remember the month after that, we got the hurricane. So um, Right, right. But, no, I agree with you. I mean, I've I've watched the steel market, which is a general indication of manufacturing for years. And usually, in a normal, slow-growth kind of economy, by the time you hit uh, mid to late April, the price of steel is kind of softening. And then, you know, you're kind of looking at a 2.1% GDP for the year. But uh, and unfortunately, I can't use that measurement this year because the artificial impacts of the tariffs kind of break that natural rule apart. I can't can't predict it. Yeah, but again, hard, I think if you figure. look at this thing, uh, you know, we we had a tremendous growth started in uh, 
at latest August of 2016. And we're just continuing to go through, uh, you know, a dramatic growth profile. We got juiced a few times through deficit spending and tax relief, and we got a big headwind here on the tariff side. But in the meantime, uh, you know, we, we just keep powering ahead. So that's all positive. But I think we're we're coming out of sync here a little bit because there's too many artificial things that are in fact affecting the natural economic growth that started in late 2016. Uh, just to support what you're saying, uh, I noticed in the report, you report on 18 industries and the only industry, and this is kind of ironic, the only industry that indicated a decrease was primary metals. Yeah. Yeah, now, that's If steel that is be- raising prices, if the foreign imports are raising prices because of the tariffs, does that mean people are now beginning to slow down on purchases because they don't really know what to do? Yeah, a lot of these guys are guys that would be buying raw stock, right? A lot of them are processors. And it's not just steel, it's also the red metal and things and primary metals. Right, right. Yeah, so- yeah. So, so it's, it's we're kind of in an, in an interesting uh, dilemma, uh, and I think only the next 60, 90 days are going to uh, prove out where we're going. But uh, as long as you keep you keep the numbers up at around 58, you still got a job with us. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you know, back to the uncertainty issue. Uh, yeah. Interestingly enough, I mean, you our our capex lead time drop six days now right. that's awfully quick for i mean and that's a lot of movement that's that's almost five mm-hmm. percent of uh, of the total right. lead time but i that, that could really reflect the fact that there's uncertainty in investment here i mean if, if i was uh, sitting on a management team trying to decide where to invest my money uh, i'd have to really look closely at making any decision right now if i was a u.s based company i mean i'd I would seriously look closer at other – if I was an export-oriented company or multinational or I had business everywhere, sales, I would have to protect my sales business outside the U.S. Absolutely. And it wouldn't Absolutely. be building more capacity in the United States. Uh, they're already talking – there's a lot of companies already talking about moving out again. Uh, well, BMW yeah. is one. Uh, their biggest plant in the world is in, uh, I think, North Carolina or South Carolina. South Carolina, They're talking yeah. To, yeah, South Carolina. They're talking about moving certain parts of their manufacturing out of the country. Right. And, uh, you know, once that business leaves, once the soy issue with the farmers or the soy is being bought from Brazil uh, by China, they're not going to come back to us. And that's yeah. what makes... That's what makes this, these tariffs a, a terrible situation, because it's not necessarily losing the business temporarily until the tariffs are removed. You wind up losing a lot of business forever. You could be. It feels like high-speed chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, what do you what do you see what do you see coming? Well, you know, I think the big thing here, like I said, I think the steel aluminum stuff is essentially normalized outside of uh, moving manufacturing capacity outside the U.S. There is some talk now about maybe putting tariffs on higher-level product, you know, like fabricated items. That, right. you know, really worries me. But, uh, okay, I think the big thing coming forward here is are we going to make Q3 earnings predictions? Are the big corporations going to 
meet or beat their plan, especially from a profit standpoint. And I think the big indicator will be in September if there's profit warnings that are issued. Uh, you, you know, you're seeing the, the Q2 stuff come out now. Everybody's talking yeah. about, you know, absorbing $200 million, $300 million of the raw material cost. You know, there's freight that's included in there, too. We had freight comments, but freight seems to be stabilizing at, uh, you know, shortage, high shortage levels. Uh, we've had the driver shortage issue. Now fuel is kind of coming into the uh, into the equation, too. Or it did. I think we're kind of softening again. But fuel was a big issue in the early July time frame, and we got reports on that. So I think the big thing coming forward here is what are corporations going to do? Are tariffs going to become uh, standard operating procedure? Are the corporations going to hit their Q3 profit plans? Or And the only indication we're going to have there is if they – start to release profit warnings in September that are tied up around raw material input costs. But I'm, I'm hoping that the, uh, the people who negotiate this stuff have uh, gotten enough counsel from business leaders that it's kind of time to draw this thing down and uh, wrap things up and settle for improvements and not for the best situation that's in the United States' sole interest. Well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed on that, and we're going to probably be talking to you about that uh, next month. Uh, do you have any points that you would like to get out before we uh, bring this segment to a finish? Yeah, no, I just, I, I'd like to uh, just like to move beyond tariffs. I mean, 50% of my comments are tariffs. You know, all the all of the the business community is all over this thing. Prices yeah. are still pretty high. Uh, I, I like the fact customer inventories are still too low. Uh, I'm hopeful and optimistic that demand will remain up uh, because and because August is also a vacation month. I'm hoping that backlog pops back up too. And if backlog and demand stay up, customer inventories are down, then we keep powering on. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. Excellence. It's what separates good companies from average ones. This year's theme for the AME International Conference in San Diego is Create Waves of Excellence. Gain insights from keynote speakers including innovation expert Jeremy Gucci, former NFL quarterback Joe Theismann, lean author and researcher Mike Rother, and leadership pro Liz Weissman. Witness operational excellence in person at Plant Tours from San Diego's diverse, innovative manufacturing community. Don't miss the opportunity to accelerate your journey toward excellence this fall in San Diego. Visit ame.org slash San Diego for more information and to register. We look forward to seeing you in San Diego. How do you keep your business humming? Where do you go when you're looking for quality suppliers of new equipment? Components, MRO supplies, repair services, or even raw materials. 30 years ago, you would have turned to the Thomas Register. Today, those big green books are better than ever at thomasnet.com, industry's leading platform for product sourcing and supplier discovery. You can easily find that local machine shop, national distributor, OEM, or any supplier having the right quality certification, fast and free. You can even get to specific products, components, or downloadable 3D CAD drawings simply by entering specifications or part numbers. There's a reason thomasnet.com has become the go-to supplier discovery tool for procurement professionals and engineers. There's simply no other resource like it, and it's all free. Go to thomasnet.com today and see how top-notch supplier discovery doesn't have to put a dent into your bottom line. 
Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Just one one last point. Uh, there is another set of numbers that I do watch, and that's the machine tool uh, manufacturing orders. And they're not as uh, on top of things as the ISM is. They just came out with their May figures uh, last week, and uh, very strong, very strong. And it's a great indicator for uh, nine, uh, three to six months down the road, which would put us into September, October. So I'm seeing that from a manufacturing standpoint, unless there's some major uh, issue that comes up again uh, to, de- to derail that. I think that we're going to have a very strong end of the year as a result of the machine tool orders. Good. Yeah, good. I'm optimistic, too. So that's that's a a good number. Uh, So, therefore, uh, we will see you next month, and we like having you here as usual. And uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, it's good to be here, Lou, and don't give my yellow jacket away yet. No, no, no. It's uh, it's being pressed soon. Uh, I did have to get extra material. Uh, I'm not sure what your size is. Probably a 40, 40. You don't want to do this on the air, do you? I have no idea what my size is. But I'll tell you, doing this PMI stuff, I'm taking pounds off. Good for you. Good for you. All righty. Thanks a Thanks, lot guys. for being on the show today, and good luck. All right, you bet. And, Talk to you next uh, month. Sure thing. And I just want to talk about our uh, WAM show, Women in Manufacturing. It's on every Wednesday at uh, 1 o'clock. We have accomplished women talking to accomplished women. And, of course, as usual, on Tuesdays at 1 p.m., we do have uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. And by the way, we have added uh, a little survey to the player that's on the uh, podcast, if you would like, and we would like to hear how you think of uh, what the show is doing, how it's doing, what recommendations you might have, suggestions, and so on and so forth. So I hope you enjoyed today, and we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.